Hello and welcome to the 293rd edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a backside dig across the Harpeth River for me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. You know, Matt, I wish I wish I could our quarterback could hit a backside dig. That would be outstanding. That'd be a dream scenario. We we probably would we probably be two and zero instead of zero and two. So well, coach, that's what happens uh, when you when, when you start a freshman. Uh, well, the freshman's not starting, but we have a kid. This kid might as well be a freshman uh, as far as experience goes at the position. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place here. But uh, they're battling. We've had a, we had a really really good practice today, actually. So uh, I'm excited. We got Pearl Cone on Thursday. Excellent, excellent. Well, we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man who thinks Chester A. Arthur is the most underrated president. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Oh, don't get me started on uh, Mr. Chester Allen Arthur, but how about my hat, everybody? Is, you got to be watching our uh, new video feed to, to get Yeah, Josh is rocking appreciation a <laughs> Northwestern Cubs hat. The combination of two things he hates the very much. on the side. Wait, which side? Wrong yeah, side. there you there go. There you right go. There. There oh, you go. gosh. Oh, it's mm. purple. I'm celebrating Josh. Chicago's Big Ten team. Chicago's yeah. Big Ten team. Where <laughs> the Cubs are the, or Northwestern? <laughs> it's still a question. I don't know. Uh, I think the Cubs are bad at baseball now, so I think that they might not even win the Big Ten baseball tournament. That's true. The Cubs are back. Since, I, since, I'm, since I'm sure some people are wondering what the hell is going on, just a little bit of background. I went to a Cubs day game the other day. Uh, thought, you know, my sunglasses would be enough, but they weren't. So I was in desperate need of a hat for some shade. Go to the uh, the haberdasher at the stadium and I go, good sir, what is the cheapest hat I can buy? And he said I had a choice of two. One was a camo hat with a bright blue C in the middle of a uh, army green camo pattern or the Northwestern <laughs> hat. And I was like, well, the camo hat's sending off some vibes in, uh, in blue Chicago Dude, you, that I don't want to be. You swung and missed. That was a whiff right there, my man. You didn't tell me that. Shit. We went with the Northwestern hat. You should have went camo, brother. (laughs) Well, no matter what kind of hat you choose, uh, you can always know that you will get the best lines at betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, and most importantly, gentlemen, college football. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live, in-game betting, props, futures, and more. So head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first deposit. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Again, that's BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Gentlemen, uh, college football is back. It was back in full swing over the weekend. We had some... Interesting games, some snoozers, and some I-can't-even-believe-what-I'm-seeing games. So let's get started in on Week 0 with the game that everyone's talking about. Josh, you are referencing it right now just by wearing a UNC quasi- FAMU? Hey. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Drake May I showed thought, out. Drake, Drake May showed we're gonna go to, uh, U- uh, Utah State we're gonna UConn? Go to, Is that where we're going? No, I thought we were going to go to Florida State Duquesne. Oh, the Dukes? Yeah. The Dukes. The Dukes, no. Duquesne. We are going to start, gentlemen, uh, with uh, Northwestern versus Nebraska. Um, the disaster in Dublin. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm Love trying to it. think of a good name for, hey, for this game, hey, Josh. Hey, Matt, when, when there's an article that comes out this, that has to specifically state that the head coach and offensive coordinator are not at odds, that means that they're very mm-hmm. much at odds. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Anyone who All knows uh, Mark Whipple's history is not surprised by this at all Mm-mm. at all he has mark wibble has gotten into issues with his head coaches and coordinators when he was a head coach at every stop so i'm not surprised mm-hmm. by this no in the least but josh let's go through this game anyway yeah. uh northwestern did, did nebraska shoot themselves in the foot too many times or did <laughs> northwestern actually take it from them 
Ooh, that's that's an intriguing Can you question. Say see I, all I, of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I watched. It you know, I boat, think by the, the way. I think the onside definitely impacted momentum, but when you just look at the line play in this game, Northwestern was just imposing their will so much throughout this game. They had 214 rushing yards on 47 carries. Uh, Helinski had a really clean pocket, 314 passing yards on 27 of 38 passing. The the line was just dominated. You know, Nebraska's defense, we knew their defensive line was a weakness. We thought the better teams in the league would take advantage. I'm still not sold Northwestern is going to be like the uh, the West champion in any way. But if Northwestern is, you know, just blowing them off the ball the way they did, this is going to be such a long season for Nebraska. I, I think the onside kick might have sped up the comeback, but there were – danger signs all over the field as the game was going on with what Northwestern was doing offensively. Yeah. I mean, it it just, I mean, I I think, I think when you look at the the game plans from both teams, I I think early on, it looked like they were just kind of, it was like, it looked like one of those heavyweight fights where the boxers were just kind of feeling each other out a little bit and just trying to, who's going to make the first move, who's going to throw the first punch. And then all of a sudden it was a flurry of punches and then a boneheaded decision just ruined it for Scott Frost in Nebraska, kicking that onside kick up two scores in the third quarter. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean that, that that's something you do like, and that's something you do when you're double digit underdogs and you're trying to spark some momentum, or you know you're like, hey, we're up in this game and we're massive underdogs. Let's let's. Steel or it's a thing like you're, here. you know you were down by 24 yeah. and you cut it to 17 and then you do it you know yeah. to get it back to cut with it not when you've just gone up from one score to 11 points no like that I, that made no sense whatsoever um Scott Frost though he will lose his job he's just he wasn't going to get never going to get cut they weren't going to cut him in Dublin his buyout is literally gets cut in half as of October 1st so it it goes from fifteen million to seven and a half million. So he's not getting fired until at least October first. But um, other games from week one though that stood out, I'll talk really quickly about Vanderbilt because I stayed up to one thirty local time uh, to watch. I couldn't get the that game. game. Um, <laughs> yeah, on CBS Sports Network, it was really strange. I don't know why. If you I don't are one really of us picked Hawaii like an idiot. Yeah, that would be uh, Joshua Isaiah because. Uh, hey, can I can I defend my picks real quick? Sure. So I, I, I'll admit my week zero picks were awful. At least I didn't go Desmond Howard and have Pitt in my playoffs. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught what uh, the old ball coach, and not Steve Spurrier, but the literal, the old ball coach, Lee Corso, uh, he said that the SEC champion wasn't going to win the SEC. And he said it two or three times. Obviously, he meant the SEC champion's not going to win the playoffs, but come on, you guys. Let's go. I'm Well, I mean, to be fair, they were the, the college game day, everyone was remote. Like, they, it wasn't just Corso being remote and everyone else together. Everyone was, was remote. I'm not even like dealing with, with game day. It was a whole, there was a whole bunch of fiasco with that. I, I didn't even, I didn't even see it. I'm going to, I'm, like, you, are you, a, a, are you a big, big noon Fox person now, Matt? No. Riding I, with Urban Meyer? No. <laughs> At, Red, uh, no, he's a Reggie Bush. You no, know, he's a uh, Matt Liner. He's a Brady Quinn fan. No, Matt Liner all the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but Vandy. I stayed up to watch Vandy, and I watched Mike Wright actually show off. Like he was the Georgia State champ of the two hundred meters in high school, and they finally like let him actually like, properly run the ball, and they had some like properly designed like like option runs for him. I they, thought the play calls were good. I I, I rewatched it. Play I thought the play fantastic. calls were great. Yeah, play calling was and, fantastic. And the play. The play where he recognized the uncovered, completely hilariously uncovered receiver yeah. from the one yard line and just said, "Hey," he like threw hey. like a shot put to him. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he couldn't get the ball out of his hands fast enough. And no, it, I it mean, was, can you blame him? No, I, no, I can't. Well, that same um, receiver though did him a huge solid on his eighty-nine yard run. Will Shepard, that wide receiver, comes back yeah. and gives a block, not just a D cleater. It was one of the most <laughs> violent, vicious, but clean blocks I've ever seen in 
36 years of watching football. <clears throat> Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Any other things from uh, Week Zero that caught your eye, Josh? I had two quick ones. Uh, the first was UConn being way more competitive way more. than we expected. Slow your roll, um, Utah State. Mo- you, see, you see the sign that says, we yeah. want Bama after you barely beat UConn? <laughs> well, they're about um, to get big all re- they want. Yeah. Uh, big reason for that, uh, probably didn't see their stat line in any way. Uh, most of our fans probably not tuning into UConn Husky football, but uh, they had a day from their running back, Nathan Carter, 20 carries, what about a from buck Maine? 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a buck 90. Yeah, I saw that. That's a 9.5 average. That's, that's pretty good. That'll... Mora should uh, feed him the rock this season. And then the other one, um, Illinois, yep. kind of slow going, um, but then then they just kind of pulled away. They ground Wyoming down. They held the ball for 13 minutes more than them. Tommy DeVito gave them exactly what we expected, a nice clean game, two <laughs> touchdowns, zero picks. I thought um, DeVito was really solid. And Chase Brown, um, everyone talks yeah. about Trayvon yeah. Chase Brown, that's... Yeah. yeah, everyone talks about Trayvon Henderson and Braylon Allen and Blake Corum. Chase Brown is just as good as those guys and because he's so mm-hmm. good as a receiver out of the backfield, too. He's yeah, threat, he had man. 19 carries. He had 19 carries for a buck 51. That's almost an eight yard average, mm-hmm. two touchdowns. Um, and a third one receiving as can, well. Like, yeah, he was great. But um, but concern, you know, I, I didn't think Wyoming was going to win this game. I don't think any of us had high expectations for Wyoming. I'm suddenly very concerned about Craig Bowl and, and this this program uh, because they were awful passing the ball a year ago. And I was like, surely Wyoming will at least be able to like demonstrate an improvement in their passing attack, even if they don't win on the road at Illinois, who we all have going to the bowl or going to a bowl. But Wyoming passing Dreadful. Again, 5 of 20 for 30 yards. Um, this is not an option football team. This is supposed to be, yes, they prefer to run. They're a run-heavy team. But, you know, on paper, they're more of a pro-style offense. I mean, listen, they produce Josh Allen. 5 of 20 like, makes... what the hell is going on in Laramie? 5 of 20 makes the Air Force blush. And Yeah, I mean, you had, you had all offseason. To figure out the worst thing well, about your team a year ago that, and fix it. I guess maybe I was living in a bubble. Craig Bull is sneaky old. Sneaky old. Yeah, he's like 75 or something. No, he's 65. But I thought he was like 47. I said or something. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, it's <laughs> that time. That gives you 10 years, right? So, it's time for us <laughs> yeah, to the, hop- the, or, the or something was doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yeah, give or take. But, time. yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, so you know his his time at Wyoming has been good. Um, obviously, you add in his North Dakota State stuff; he's a legendary coach. Um, it's just it's a little concerning that you know last year they go seven and six, but two and six in conference, <clears throat> and their passing was atrocious. To not look better week one is disconcerting to say the least. Yeah, it's a it's it's pretty surprising. It's pretty rough. Well, we let's move into week one of the college football season, and that is going to uh, the marquee game of the week is going to be Notre Dame heading to the shoe to play Ohio State. Two top five teams, at least in the AP poll preseason. Ohio State is going to have a, an electric offense. Notre Dame, obviously, rebuilding new quarterback with Jack Cohn having graduated, new key pieces on defense, but they still have one of my favorite players in the country, Isaiah Foskey at defensive end, and Northwestern transfer Brandon Joseph now at safety, who was an All-American back in 2020. Coach, though, I mean, any chance that Northwestern is going to win this one? Because I, I don't see an avenue for them to pull off this upset. Notre I mean, Dame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame. You uh, said there, Northwestern. The hat, the hat's distracting. I, I was looking at it. I was thinking about Brandon Joseph. I met Notre Dame. Yeah. I, maybe no, if they put combined, combined squads. <laughs> I mean, there's always a chance, I guess, if, if you look at it. Um, but – to, to at the end of the day, Ohio State is just an explosive, explosive football team. Uh, for Notre Dame, they're going to have to kind of almost take the Michigan approach and ground and pound and, and make sure that um, Ohio State can't get on the field because if, if they get on the field, they're going to score. But 
you know, I, I kind of see this going like the Tennessee Kentucky game went last year, where you could see Notre Dame with the edge in time of possession, but Ohio State wins by like forty points because they just score in three plays and then give it back, and then Notre Dame holds it, and then they score in three plays and get it back, and it just kind of gets interesting that way. Josh. I think the the biggest thing helping Notre Dame with any sort of upset potential is the fact that despite a preseason number five ranking, no one is expecting Notre Dame to do anything this year. No one's expecting them to make the playoffs this year. You mentioned new quarterback. We haven't talked about Marcus Freeman, first-year head coach for the Irish. Um, That means they're entering the shoe with house money. They have no reason to care if the game goes sideways from them. So unlike Scott Frost, who's desperately coaching for his job and an onside kick is really stupid, for Notre Dame, on the other hand, why the hell not take an onside kick attempt at some point, you know? Why not pull a Saints and open the second half with an onside kick? I mean, the the Irish can do whatever they want because they're playing with house money. So I think that's giving a little bit of some slight upset potential. Having said that, Ohio State's offense looks downright scary. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State, no reason to be looking past this game with an Arkansas State team coming up next. Uh, the Buckeyes should whoa, be. Whoa, whoa, all whoa, systems. whoa. You're talking about Butch Jones here, okay? That, okay. That's a scary opponent. Oh, <laughs> all, all systems should be go for yeah. Ohio State. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the the folks at Vegas have this at a 17-point favorite. So the, the, the one thing that I'm concerned about if I'm Ohio State, and Josh, you mentioned this, or it actually might have been Coach, you mentioned this, um, you're going to need to ground and pound them, right? And, well, I think for Notre Dame, yeah, they have to replace Kyron Williams at running back, but they still have a ton of super talented offensive linemen. Uh, sophomore Blake Fisher is going to be – uh, one of the top tackles drafted in not this coming year, but next year when he's finally eligible, he's an absolute beast <laughs> at tackle. Uh, and, you know, in, in Ohio State was soft up the middle. They brought a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, from Oklahoma State. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like Knowles proved that he's a good mind. Oklahoma State had a really good Big 12 defense last year. That's nice. It was a Big 12 defense. That is completely different than going up against the Big Tens of the world or even Notre Dame because Notre Dame is a physical team and you know i am curious to see how much they just try to slam the ball straight up the gut pull out some barge formations pull out some pull out some stuff and you know really just try to because they're not going to out talent them on the outside right ohio state has better athletes Ohio state they've got to take advantage of a mismatch with uh, michael mm-hmm. mayer on the inside. Yes. I mean, that, well, that's, that's, that'll be the only thing that they can do. And then ground and pound because Ohio State's defense, I think, is probably a little soft. Um, I think they're soft up the, up, up, <clears throat> up the middle. They're soft up the <clears throat> middle. They're, they're solid at corner. They've got really good corners. They've got a couple good edge rushers. But I think up the middle is where you have to expose them. Final word, Josh. I mean, I, I think we've covered it. You know, there's, there's some intriguing pieces. To Notre Dame and you know they're top five for a reason but uh but really I, I think things would have to go drastically sideways for Ohio State to uh to stumble in this one all right well Agreed. we will here's here's a here's an in, intriguing question though obviously the shoe is like one of the toughest places to play would you guys feel any differently if this was either a neutral site game or played at like Lucas Oil or something or even no. if it was in South Bend I actually no. feel I would feel I would feel better about Ohio State in South Bend than I do at home. I feel better about Notre Dame away or at neutral site than I do at home because there's less pressure. Care to explain? Game. Less pressure. Oh, okay. Less pressure. Is that Fair when you're, you're the underdog? Less pressure. I just I feel like I don't know. I I feel like sort of like the antagonism of the Notre Dame crowd would sort of make Ohio State's athletes like gel together. Like is what I would worry about. And I think that like <laughs> they're they're more likely to, I don't know, fall apart in a in a in a softer place in a, with a softer home crowd or a neutral or a neutral crowd. But that's just right. me completely uh, you know, throwing 
bleep against the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of which, um, that's <clears throat> what I imagine the Georgia offense, sorry, the Oregon offense is going to have to do against Georgia because, well, coach, Georgia, despite losing all those great defensive players, still is going to have maybe the nation's best defense again, uh, yep. starting with uh, Jalen Carter and going all the way back to Christopher Smith. And mm-hmm. uh, I know you and Israel. Keely Ringo. Uh, Keely, uh, <laughs> Keely, I mean, uh, Nolan Smith. We, we, we can Nolan go all Smith, we Keely can go Ringo. all day with this. So uh, yeah. I know you and Israel obviously jumped in this game super in-depth on your podcast. Mm-hmm. So to make sure to check out Believe in Dogs. Uh, for a deep, deep dive into this game. But, Coach, just give us the brief overview um, and sort of, I guess, the keys for the dogs here and what you, how do you think George or how do you think Oregon will attack them? Well, I mean, I, I think you got to contain Noah Sewell, uh, first and foremost. I mean, he, he's an extremely talented linebacker there. And, you know, offensively, they can't let him affect the game. Um, but then again, offensively, that Georgia's just got to get in a rhythm and get in a rhythm early. I mean, they have a ton of weapons and, They've just got to feed them. You know, the, the Brock Bowers, Arik Gilbert, Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Craig uh, Lad McConkey. Uh, you know, Stetson's going to have a, a, a wealth of options. Stetson's finally the guy coming into the season. So there's no pressure there for him. So we'll see how he handles that. Um, the offensive line has got a gel. Uh, they're under new leadership with Stacey Searles, uh, uh, first year um, offensive line coach for the Dogs. He's been at Georgia before, but this is his first year with this group. So they're going to have to find a way to gel and get the right mat- matchups there. Uh, defensively, going to just kind of have to figure it out on the back end. you got some new starters. Um, Kamari Lassiter is a new starter alongside Keely Ringo. And uh, Malachi Starks is going to be a new starter uh, alongside Christopher Smith. Uh, Jamon uh, Dumas-Johnson, inside linebacker, he takes over that N'Kobe Dean role. We'll see if he communicates as well. Uh, Jalen I, mean, Carter. I don't. I don't expecting him to be able to do that. that. That's unfair to expect him to do that. No one can communicate like Nickobi. Right, but can he be close? Can he be close, close to that? Enough, yeah. Yeah, cl- close enough to have this defense in good shape. They're f- they're facing a familiar quarterback. In well, Bo so that Nicks. was going to be my question for you. Have they ever lost to Bo Nix? Has Bo Nix ever beaten Georgia? No. I don't think so. No. I'm, and and I don't I, think he's going to this week either. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I guess I'm wondering if I'm I'm Dan Lanning. Why am I trotting Bo Nix out there? I don't know why they're not going with Ty Thompson. Because he's your he's your best option right now, I, I guess. guess. I guess. Yeah, why. four, I mean, I but he, his ceiling is so limited. I, I would I would want Ty Thompson. I want the athleticism of Ty Thompson back yeah. there. I mean, but, I think you'd give Georgia more problems, and and, and you might see Ty Thompson at, at times, or or if, or if Bo struggles, you might see Ty Thompson, and, and that wouldn't surprise me. But you know, with with Bo, he, he's he's a veteran. He's played against this team before. Um, He's a very streaky player. When, when he when he's when he's on fire, he's on fire. When he's cold, he's ice cold. So um, it's just a matter of which bow you're going to get coming out of the gates. Josh, any questions? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I hate to be a broken record, but Oregon very similar situation as Notre Dame. New coach with Bo Nix, potentially new quarterback. Well, you know. Why leave it anything ain't out for there? Georgia? <laughs> it ain't a quarterback <laughs> yeah. for Georgia. They've seen him before. Yeah, you know, there, there's no uh, no reason to hold back. You know, you're playing with house money, or especially in Atlanta, where no one expects you to do anything. Um, I'll tell you what I'm excited about, though. I think I was his biggest defender last year for someone who had literally no skin in the game because I'm not a Georgia fan. Obviously, I care about coach, and I'm happy when he's happy. But uh, I, I rode I rode the Mad Hatter. I, I took Stetson all year. I said, why take Stick. him out? You know, the you know uh, new nickname, right? Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the fragile crystal uh, JT Daniels, you know, walking injury waiting to happen. I was like, why, why mess with a good thing? Hey, we'll be talking about him and, later. Yeah. And, and, and to West you know, what, what did he do last year? 64.5% completion rate. Almost 3,000 yards, average 10 yards a pass, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. The dude is just reliable, and I'm excited to see him back in action. He's uh, he's my baby. So, you, I'm you know what, Josh? All, all he did was gain 15 pounds of muscle, get the tightest fade, sickest fade you've ever seen, and... Uh, I'm more concerned. Now his teammates if, call him Stetquavius. Uh, Coach, I'm more. I'm more <laughs> concerned uh, if he can throw a fade than if he has a fade. 
So oh, he could throw a fade. Oh, he's got some. He's got some juice behind that arm now. You see him; he's all buff now. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I hope that that's you know he's still keeping his focus on the field. I'm curious to see how he's going to spread it out between all those tight ends. That's what I really want to see. I, I you know, I, you know, I, I love tight ends. I think that you know, fourteen personnel, baby. Georgia, we go. Georgia, South Carolina, and Utah. Those three teams are going to have ridiculous tight ends this season, and I'm I'm going to be tuning into those three teams a lot just to watch that position group. Okay. Uh, next game we're going to talk about we. Uh, they're coming off of you know uh, a, a phenomenal season. Cincinnati, they have a really really intriguing game at Arkansas. So we've got what's the best group of five team going up against one of you know an up and coming SEC team. I really like the matchup between between these two squads we're going to see strengths on strength between Cincinnati's defense against the run and Arkansas's ability to run the football Josh you know what are your thoughts heading into this one you know my my thought is that Cincinnati has the potential to run the tables after this week um I think this is just too much of a challenge you know they they lost all those incredible defensive players we talked about when we previewed them. They lost Desmond Ritter. Um, we trust Luke Fickle with our lives, it seems like, at this point. And, and I trust the system. I trust Cincinnati to put in a good season. But, my God, all those new faces opening on the road at Arkansas. You got K.J. Jefferson back for the Hogs. You have just all sorts of talent there for, for Pittman and his crew. I'm taking Woo Pig in this one. Doesn't mean Cincinnati can't have a good season. It's just Arkansas is the more sure thing right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sam Pittman said it best. Some guys bring iced tea. Some guys bring liquor. You got to figure out what they're bringing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how do you how do you bet against that? <laughs> the I don't answer know. is you don't. The answer is it really is that that you don't. And you, you don't look. Looking- KJ Jefferson is freaking. Nasty. As Looking player, big dude. picture, though, for Arkansas, the one thing, coach, that I need <clears throat> to see in this game is how are they going to replace Traylon Smith? Because Jaden Hazelwood, I I don't trust him. Do you trust him? I don't really. I don't really trust him. I mean, I, I think he's got potential because like um, you know, their passing offense Burks was is... was Traylon Smith last year, and so Burks. if they're going, yeah, Traylon Burks, if if they're going to need to do something. They need to find something to replace that. Otherwise, everyone's just going to put it in the box and say, "Try us." Yeah, I mean they'll 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 figure it out. I mean, um, they they've got some talent, dude. They'll they'll figure it out. I mean, Trey Knox is is moved into tight end. He's going to kind of play that um, that Kyle Pitts role of like athletic tight end. I'm not saying he's going to be tight. I'm not saying he's going to be Kyle Pitts, but he's going to play that type of role. Um, this is this is going to be the game where they find their guys, you know. So, who, who's who's that going to be? I'm to be honest, I'm not real sure, but I think I think they'll get a lot in the running game with KJ Jefferson and the running backs. I think they will get. Um, I think they'll get enough out of Jadon Hazelwood, um, but they will find a number two. Who that is. I don't know. So one but thing I they, will say will about it. Arkansas, Josh, before I <laughs> let you add that one more thing in here, their offensive line is enormous. Their mm-hmm. right tackle, redshirt freshman. Devin That's what's Ma- going to allow them to figure it out. <laughs> Devin Manuel is 6'9", 366. Mm-hmm. Their left tackle Let's is six foot nine, three forty five. They also have Matt Landers. Yeah, it's just they, they're yeah. they are just gigantic, and they have an amazing center. Yeah. Ricky Stromberg is really Weird, weirdly their left guard is listed at five two one five one oh five. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, I think they messed that up with my high school football <laughs> roster because my 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 left guard was one of my good friends. He was five nine a buck fifty five soaking wet. So. Whatever. Yeah, but he played with great leverage, and oh, he did. Uh, <laughs> He, he he had uh, he played with a lot of grit. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Malloy had all the grit. He played right. with a lot of grit, man. That's what we do. I don't care if you have one butt cheek and three toes. We're still going to kick your butt, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, man. 
I do this for you, man. You gonna when I knock you out? Are you, you gonna bite? Are you, grit, man. Are you gonna bite my kneecap when you come back up after I knock you down? Absolutely, man. I'm gonna bite some kneecaps, man. It's all about grit. It's all about getting the stuff out of your, getting this bad dirt out of your pants from the losing, from all the losing. We're not gonna lose anymore, man. <laughs> we do. Uh, uh, Dan Campbell joining us here on Illegal Motion tonight. Uh, thank you, Coach. Lions football man. I, I I'm I gonna get back to <laughs> all right. O and D. I, I gotta say, you, you, did you gotta get back to Hard Knocks? Um, anyhow, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson is performing Billy Jean. I gotta go. <laughs> Billy Jean is not my love. <laughs> She's just a girl that thinks that I am the one. But the kid is not my son. Okay, there we're cutting go. that out. We're going to have to edit that out for uh, the. Absolutely uh, not. Otherwise, the. No, well, the estate of Michael Jackson will come after us for. Uh, and sue us for copyright infringement. Um, no, we la- we're under 30 seconds. We're good. Utah and Florida in the swamp, definitely. ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Go Utes. This is really interesting. I think Florida fans are really high on their own supply of Anthony Richardson. Um, like I've talked to Florida fans who are like, yeah, he's like Richardson's winning the Heisman. Like it's wait, dumb. wait, wait. It's you talked to Florida fans? I I have through my job actually I, I work with a lot mm. of University of Florida uh physician physicians and physician assistants. So mm. and they are very high on mm. Anthony Richardson. They think he's a lock for the Heisman. Well he he threw it a million miles Ooh. at the Manning camp so Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's all that, that that's what really matters, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, f- entirely new system, entirely new staff of Florida. Like, what do you even uh, expect just, to see out of this? Well, um, you know, I expect to see if Anthony Richardson can improve on his fifty nine point four percent completion percentage last season. Bang, don't cut it. Um, you know, he can throw it a million miles, but I'm not sure he knows where it's going half the time. So, or slightly over half the time, according to the stats. Um, He's a he's a dynamite rusher, um, so he's got that going for him. But you know, I still think you know coming in for for the first time really against Georgia, uh, I still think he has PTSD going against that defense. Um, and Utah is going to be just as good. I mean, you know, uh, for Florida, they're going to have to see uh, offensively if they can contain Devin Lloyd and uh, Nephi Sewell. All, the, all these Sewells, I don't know if they're all related, but. Um, they added a, actually a transfer from Florida, Mohamed Diabate at linebacker. So yeah, he's some... re, yeah, he's replacing Devin Lloyd. <clears throat> he's replacing De, he's Devin Lloyd's replacement. So yeah, yeah. But... So I think um, yeah, I was gonna say like losing those two guys are are uh, are are gonna be they're gonna have to contain those linebackers that are replacing those two guys. But um, this will be the best defense the Gators play. Utah plays fast, physical. If you watch the Rose Bowl, that's their brand of football. They play unlike any other Pac-12 team, which is probably the reason why they won the Pac-12. Um, yeah, for Utah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> line of the show, Sorry, gentlemen. That one tickled me. Hey, hey, don't play Pac-12 hey, football. Hey, I that's set it up. You Pac-12. slam it down. <laughs> I set it up. You slam it down. So, Matt, Josh, I, I think. The, the, the main thing Florida's going to have a hard time with is Cameron Rising and Tavion Thomas. Yeah, Tavion Thomas is 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 I mean, a great bat. It, I, I really it's, enjoy It's an him. explosive explosive one-two punch. There. And, and especially, I mean, Josh, when they're trying to integrate new coach, new system, a <clears> bunch <throat> of transfers, like, yeah, like half of those transfers all came with the coach from Louisiana, starting running back Montreal Johnson, Osiris Torrance. But um, uh, what Cameron Waits, I think, another offensive lineman. But – you know, it's still like they've got a lot of assimilating to do quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I think Florida people are saying, hey, they're the home team, SEC, they're just a better conference. I think that's <laughs> why the, the spread is what it is. But Utah is the top 10 team. Florida is unranked. Cam Rising, great quarterback. He's back for the Utes. He's got plenty of weapons. You guys already mentioned his running back, Tavian Thomas. But there's more on the bone there. there there's uh, the great tight end that they have right now, uh, Brant Kuthi. I don't know how he pronounces his last name. It, it, it's spelled interestingly. Uh, uh, they have it's another. Kuthri. It's Kuthri. 
yeah, they they have some other uh, talent on there. Uh, backing up at running back position, they were so good at running the ball last year. Micah Bernard, the backup, had 520 rushing yards. Uh, it's just the the stable is full for Utah. And then add in some some extra X factors. They've heard nothing about uh, them, you know, being in the college football playoffs. No respect there. Really kind of no respect for them winning the league last year. It feels like Oregon has more buzz because of Lanning and, and, you know, some excitement with the, with the Ducks. Um, you know, no one's talking about how they almost knocked off Ohio State last year in the Rose Bowl despite their quarterback getting hurt. Um, and then, you know, they're going to come with a chip on their shoulder. I think they're licking their lips in this one. I think they're saying, hey, this is an opportunity on prime time in an SEC team's house to lay a whooping on them. I think Utah's ready to go. Kyle Whittenham's excited for this one. Yeah, I've got I've got Utah by by double digits. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I think I'm, with I'm that, with I think with that spread, take the point. Yeah. I, got, I got the Utes winning out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think the Utes are going to win this. Not like super handily, but I mean, I think I, I mean, I think they won by two scores. So I mean, Flo- this this couldn't be a, a tougher first game for Florida, just given the circumstances that they're dealing with. Yeah, I just it's just not. I, I think I think Florida's going to play hard. I, I think they're going to be in it for for a while, but I, I think depth is going to depth and experience in, in in big games is going to help Utah uh, over Florida, especially in a hostile road environment, which. Again, the Rose Bowl prepared Utah for this more than they ever know. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, the final game we're going to get deep into here for week one is the Backyard Brawl. The first time uh, since 2011 that Pitt and West Virginia will be renewing their rivalry. Pitt comes in ranked 17th, but they have to replace not only Kenny Pickett with Keaton Slovis, but then Jordan Addison uh, left via the transfer portal late late in the spring to go to USC. Um, and so they are breaking in a bunch of new people, new offensive coordinator as well with Mark Whipple out. But we saw how well that worked out for Nebraska this past weekend. <laughs> uh, I'm still moderately high on Pitt as a team just because I think they, A, have a phenomenal defensive mm. line. B, I really like their running back, Israel Abanaconda. And I think, I mean, we've seen Keaton Slovis perform at a very high level. He's a super accurate passer, like 72% plus in all three of his seasons, I think, completion percentage. I don't think they're gonna t- they're gonna take a step back, but not such a bad step back, not such a huge step back that they won't be serious contenders in the ACC, in my opinion. I think they're gonna wax West Virginia, Josh. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you just look at that quarterback matchup. You've got Slovis, who, you know, we we hyped up in the two USC in transfers. Yeah. And then who's he going up against? He's going up against the porcelain prince, JT Daniels. He'll probably get hurt midway through the first quarter. Um, I got Neil Brown as like my first coach fired from the big 12. So, uh, and I've been, I've been a Pat Narduzzi supporter since he was kicking Iowa's butt at Michigan state. I I like this pit team. Yeah. Yeah, They're, they're, going to take a little step back but it's going to be a baby step i think yeah there's still a factor in the acc uh give me pitt winning this game make the case for west virginia coach i don't know <laughs> that i can't we just we just yeah, we just, we, we we just completely dived on it okay um yeah that's that's like saying okay uh rutgers ohio state why is rutgers gonna win <laughs> Like, okay. Um, Public transportation in Ohio is so bad that they can't get to the state of New Jersey for the game. They have to forfeit. That's the only. I way. mean, a stomach bug runs through uh, Pitt's team tomorrow night. I don't know. Um, I just, you know, Pat Narduzzi is always going to have a tough defense. He's kind of built that now, so they're they're always going to be. Always going to have a defense that's going to that's going to perform. Um, you re, you replace Kenny Pickett with Keaton Slovis, who we all thought when Keaton Slovis took over at USC, he was going to be the next big thing in the Pac-12. Well, um, because he was obviously Pac-12 offensive freshman of the year, uh, mm-hmm. he was AP Pac-12 newcomer of the year. I mean, he uh, you no, know, he, he was he had great. A, he had a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's and and then COVID slowed some things down for him. He had some injury, and then now he's at. Now he's at Pitt, 
And and I think it's right. a good. I think Pitt has become a good. This is my favorite word. You know what I'm about to say. It's become a good team culture for him. I think it's been. A, I think it's a a good steady program now. I, I think things got off to a rocky start with Pat Narduzzi, but mm-hmm. I. I don't think anybody realized. I think they've got they've got some really good they've got good guys in and around yeah. the program. They, they've got um, they've got a lot of guys and um, sorry, Josh, you know, go ahead. Sucks. Oh, I was just going to say. Left. I was just going to say we we haven't done too much on West Virginia, but the the reason it's so hard to to you know believe in them is new quarterback, leading mm-hmm. running back. Gone. <clears throat> Leading receiver. Gone. What? I mean, they, they were not that good of a team a year ago, and now the, the cupboards, you know, maybe the cupboards full, but it's all unknowns. Yeah, they, they and that's you know, the biggest issue they're for trans- They're another transfer heavy team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they've yeah, they've got to they've got to rely on all those pieces to come together, which in the first game of the season probably won't happen. But if JT Daniels can stay healthy, I, th- I think they might have an okay team. Moving forward, because these transfers will start to kind of gel, but it ain't gonna help him. It ain't gonna help him now. If he stays healthy, is doing the most heavy lifting of that state. Well, his, his, no, he's officially changed his legal name to JT Daniels. If he stays healthy, is that kind of like I mean, the ball carry? He may go. <laughs> <laughs> there was an oh. announcer in, in, in Miami. Uh, there was, a, there was a kid by the name of Rantavius Wooten signed at Georgia like years ago. He was one of Israel's teammates, actually. And when, when we were recruiting him, uh, you know, you would watch you would watch film. And I, I was at, I was at uh, the height of rivals at this point, so I was cutting game tape of this kid, right? And I was getting highlights of him, and you can hear the announcer in the background, and it's hilarious. This guy just all in one breath, all in one sentence, like, like the words were crammed together. Wooten the ball carry, he may go. <laughs> just like that <laughs> monotone no no excitement no break no pause no voice inflection nothing wooten the ball carrier he may go oh, Lord. so That's his nickname ball. became wooten the ball carrier he, when he came he to georgia go. yeah so it's kind of like uh jt daniels if he's healthy jt daniels if he's um, healthy wooten the ball carrier, he may go yeah he may go all right gents um we are gonna hit the JT Daniels. If he's healthy, he may throw. <laughs> oh God! There you go. Okay, well it's time for us to stop the presses because it's time for a pop quiz. Um, I gentlemen, limes over here. Alabama is a pop quiz. Alabama is the AP number one uh, in the preseason poll. Preseason AP poll has been around <laughs> since 1936. In that time, seven preseason number ones have lost their first game of the season. Can you name those seven teams? There's actually only five schools that have done it, but uh, two schools have done it twice. And bonus points for the year and who they beat. And or, and who beat them, I should say. So, Coach, I will let you go first. Oh, you always let Josh go first there. Okay, let's go. Uh, <laughs> preseason uh, number one, one who lost their first game. Preseason number one who lost their game. So, like, I'll... Never lost their first game, Georgia. It's not preseason number one. I'm going to say Florida State. Florida State is correct. Do you know the year? I think it was 03. No, it was 1988. 1988, Florida State was preseason number one, and they lost to number six. To Miami. That is correct, to Miami. Yeah, it was uh, the first wide right, wasn't it? Yes, sir. There you go. Yes, it was. Okay, Josh, you are up. Coach was on the board 1-0. It, no, it was that was the year after they did Seminole Rap. I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, they did Seminole Rap, and and uh, that, that was when Jimmy Johnson beat the brakes off of them. <clears throat> nice. Um, so this game, uh, this one's a famous game. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact year. It, it was, it was like eighty nine, ninety, somewhere around there. Uh, the U, I think it would have been, had to be ninety because I think it was after their title game. Uh, the U went a, on a road road trip to Provo, Utah, to take on BYU. Back when BYU was the uh, the air raid, 
and the the cougar stunned him and i think that was ty detmer's coming out party josh you nailed every single one of those details on the head 1990 <laughs> miami loses at number 16 yeah. byu ty detmer 400 plus yards five turnovers <laughs> five turnovers didn't <laughs> matter they that still was dennis erickson's yeah. first year wasn't it at miami in 90 no dennis erickson started like 87 i thought uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was still there. Jimmy still there in '87. Okay, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll believe you. Okay, so we're each on the board. Uh, coach, you're up. I feel like Michigan at some point. Michigan, he's number one. Uh, that is they correct. Lost. That is they correct. They lost. Uh, they lost to. Whew, I have no idea who they lost okay, to. Okay, I'll, I'll give it. So Michigan is one of the schools that's done it twice, both in '81 and in '89. I have no clue who they played in 81 and 89. They probably played somebody out of conference. Um, I'm going to go with 1981. They lost to Clemson. 1981, they lost to Wisconsin. Oh, Ooh, nice. In I told Madison. You they, I, told, I told you they lost to Wisconsin. God, you guys won't believe it. And please, uh, please. in uh, 89, they lost to number two Notre Dame. Hmm. All right, Josh. Um, so kind of, I, I shot the one that I knew for sure. Um, the rest of these are going to be guesses, but you got to do an educated guess. So pick a team that's been preseason number number one one. a lot in their history. So how about you go with, uh, Nebraska was number one ranked basically throughout the seventies and eighties and nineties. So I'm sure at some point. During that stretch, they lost a game. Nebraska, Nebraska lost twice as preseason number one in the 70s, Josh. Uh, in, in 1972, they lost their season opener in the Rose Bowl to UCLA, unranked UCLA. And in 1976, they tied LSU at LSU. So I'm counting that as a non as, as who, not winning. So uh, there was only one more school. I'll let you guys both throw it out there because we're out of time. Oklahoma. Nope. Uh, Notre Dame? Nope. SEC. SEC. No, it's not Alabama. Auburn. Yep. Auburn. 1984. Auburn got absolutely shellacked by number 14, Miami. They lost their first three games of the season after starting year number one. Good Mm. on them. Okay. Pop quiz is over. It is time, gents, for us to head to some spread formations. Picketing against the spread. Hey, Matt, can you do me a huge favor? I can. Can you take me off uh, camera for a split second so I can blow my nose as I'm finishing up a cold? (laughs) Absolutely, sir. So as we do that, I will recap what we did last week. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, last week uh, was up and down. Well, mostly down. For Josh, at least he went one in five against the spread. Coach and I at least were three and three. Uh, yeah. We were all in the we all chose Nebraska. Rut row. Luckily, we were all on the correct side of Illinois. Um, we all missed out. Uh, we all had Utah State covering twenty six and a half, and that UConn kept it within eleven. I had FAU minus seven and a half. They blew the doors off of Charlotte. Coach had North Texas. Um, against over UTEP that Josh and I had, and Coach and I both had Vanderbilt minus nine in Hawaii, where Josh had the hometown Rainbow Warriors. Today, uh, we start, Coach, in uh, Corvallis, Oregon, with Boise State um, taking on uh, Oregon State uh, out in out at Oregon State. This is a really interesting game for me, Coach. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and pick first this okay. week, and then send it over to you. All right, uh, Oregon State. I have I, I, I weirdly like the direction that they're going in. I think their offensive mm-hmm. line is getting better. I think they're getting some more talent. That's not they, weird. It's minus three over under fifty seven. I'm my bet this week is I'm actually going to take the over 57. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So give me the over 57. I'll take, I'll take the over, but I might do a two game, uh, two game, same game parlay with, uh, I might take Oregon state to cover that and take the over. Okay. Josh. Well, um, okay. Everyone knows when I do these, I like to do a little bit more. Uh, kind of run through a little bit of a history lesson for people. Um, you are a history teacher. If it, if it feels like Boise State's been down a little bit, it's because they have been. So last year they went seven and five, 
in the non-conference, they lost to Central Florida and Oklahoma State. Then uh, back in 2020, they uh, they didn't play anybody out of conference other than BYU, who uh, who roughed them up pretty good. Uh, then back in 2019, they uh, they beat Florida State. That was a Willie Taggart coach Florida State team, and they they went. Does that actually count? Does that actually count? Yeah. Um, In their bowl game, they got blown out by Washington. So, yeah, we we all love the Broncos. We love the blue turf and stuff, and and I'm still going to be a fan. Uh, Oh, by the way, in 2018, they got shellacked by Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. out of conference. The the reality, though, is they are not the old Chris Peterson will play anybody anywhere and most likely win. They've been down a little bit. I love the trajectory that Oregon State is going in. I'm going to ride the home team. I've got them covering this three-point spread. All right. Uh, so we all like Oregon State. That means Boise State's definitely winning. Um, yeah, next. that's the kiss and, of death. And it's definitely going to hit. The, it's definitely going to be a ten to three game too. Yeah, it's absolutely that's the kiss be. of death. <laughs> next, uh, Penn State is a three and a half point favorite on the road at Purdue. The over under is fifty two and a half. Um, I I don't think either of these teams actually play defense. This over under seems super low to me at fifty two and a half. Um, so I am going to pound the over. Um, I, I think both these teams are capable of putting up 40 plus without too much of an issue. I think Aiden O'Connor, Aiden O'Connor is the best second best quarterback in the big 10 for Purdue. And I don't think Penn state has a great defense and I, we know Purdue doesn't have a defense and I think Penn state's a passing attack is going to be pretty darn good with Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley. So I'm taking, give me the over. I think it's going to be sloppy. Um, I think it's going to be sloppy. Um, I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to take Purdue, and I'm going to take the the under, barely. I think it's going to be a little sloppy to start. Ooh, that's interesting. So uh, over on on my amazing blog, BigTenAncounted.com, in my previews, I had Penn State winning this game 38-35. That means I'm going to chicken out and not – at the spread because I think it's going to be a pretty close game. But I'm with you, Matt. I got this super high scoring. Um, you know, <laughs> I think it's going to shatter that over. Um, a yeah, lot of missed tackles also week one and week zero helping these offenses as well. Give me the over. Penalties, all kind of stuff. And I, I, I think a sloppy game will help Purdue. That's kind of that's kind of my rationale here. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I, I like the Purdue pick here. Um, if I had to take, if I had to bet the spread. If I had to take one of these teams plus or minus points, I'm definitely taking Purdue at home. Um, plus plus three and a half. Absolutely. But um, okay, with that, let's head then to um, a classic Northeast matchup. Rutgers, Boston College in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Uh, Boston College, seven and a half point, sorry, seven point favorite at home. <clears throat> Over under just 48, but not a big surprise considering that both these teams may struggle a little bit offensively. Uh, I don't like the way that Boston College's preseason has gone. They lost their best offensive lineman to injury. Uh, I'm, you know, I guess Pekar was a good running back, but Jerkovic, I'm, I'm taking Rutgers plus seven here. Um, I think Rutgers is going to cover. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying it's going to be within seven points. So give me Rutgers plus seven, coach. I'm taking Boston College. I I think they're going to score. Uh, I think they're going to kick a late field goal to to uh, cover the spread plus uh, a, a couple of cents. Uh, I'm definitely taking the under here. Uh, it's at home for Boston College. That's that's a positive, but I think it's definitely going to easily hit the under for sure. So if if you're betting just one thing on this, take the under. Forget the spread. Um, I if I was actually putting money on it, I would take Boston College on the money line plus the under Josh well over on the blog again uh, citing my own sources which is me uh, I had BC winning this game 28 24 which means I got to take the points or yes I'm taking the points because I'm taking Rutgers to to hang in this game kind of a fun story if you're looking for a random uh, reason to check this game out in addition to just some scrappy football two teams trying to improve upon last year's standing. Uh, Rutgers punter 
Adam Corsack. He is the real deal. He was a Ray Guy finalist a year ago. Uh, he is like a legitimate defensive weapon. He really flips the field. He's like, thou who shall not be named. Mm. Um, but but he's he's that special of a of a leg. And and Corsack's fun to watch if you like specialists in punting. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, a, sh- a showdown in the Lone Star <clears throat> State between Houston and UTSA. The Roadrunners. Beep, beep. Houston, four point favorite uh, in San Antonio over under 62. That that 62 number scares me. I really want to put the over 62 is a high number to begin with, though. Uh, I've got Houston as my top team in the group of five this year. And because of that, I have to take Houston minus four at UTSA. As much as I love Frank Harris, as much as I think that UTSA is a program going the right direction, I think Houston has too much firepower. Give me the Cougars here, coach. Yeah, I like the Cougars by two touchdowns here. I think they're explosive, dude. Um, UTSA is a great football team, but we're gonna we're about to see how good Houston actually is. So give me Houston. Uh, I'm gonna take the under just because that number is sixty two and a half, and it's really high. Well, this is the biggest game in, uh, in Alamo Bowl, uh, Alamo Dome, excuse me, Alamo Dome history since the Hawkeyes played in the Alamo Bowl, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be the contrarian. Derrick Henry played in the Army All American game. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm gonna be the contrarian. I I think there's more pressure on Houston people all around the country, including our own, including our own professor, (laughs) saying that they're the best group of five team. Uh, I love love what UTSA did a year ago. They got Frank Harris, their awesome quarterback, three thousand passing yards, twenty seven touchdowns, six interceptions a year ago. He is pretty dang good, and he's back for another go-around. I have the Roadrunners with the upset, and part of the reason is I've just literally never trusted Daniel Holgerson. I mean, to be fair, like, pretty legit reason right there. So I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to hold that against you at all. All right, we're going to finish off in the New Orleans Superdome, which has some different sponsors. It's no longer Mercedes-Benz. It's no longer something else. I don't even know who's sponsoring it. It's the Superdome. That's what it's it is. It's the Bojangles Superdome. Okay, Bojangles Superdome. Uh, Florida, it should be I the guess. Popeye. It should, no, it should be the Popeye Superdome is what it should be. I mean, it's Popeye. Love that chicken Love that chicken Popeye. Should we just stop recording and, and, and go get some biscuits right now? Like, my goodness. Biscuits? Oh, oh biscuits. I'm down for some biscuits. Sweet tea? <laughs> you said biscuits. <laughs> uh, this game is in New Orleans at the Popeye Superdome, and LSU is a three-point favorite or, as... They're, uh, they're taking the title sponsor from the uh, New Orleans Pelicans Arena, the Smoothie King Superdome. Smoothie King Superdome. Yeah, Smoothie King Superdome. So LSU is a three-point favorite in New Orleans, over under 51 and a half. Uh, Florida State already had a, had a warm-up game against the Dukes of Duquesne last week. I'm going to take the under here, under 51 and a half. But what I, if I was forced to pick a team, I would pick Florida State. I think, I think LSU is going to be a dumpster fire to start. But I don't trust Mike Norvell either, so I'm taking the under 51 and a half. I think it's going to be a sloppy, sloppy game. Um, Coach, what about you? I'm taking the under, but I'm taking LSU to win. Uh, I think LSU wins by a touchdown over Florida State. Florida State's good. LSU's talented. Brian Kelly does have some merit as a coach. He is good, although not starting elite. A, starting a true freshman at left tackle. Yeah, I just don't think Florida State – I mean, yeah, they had a good show against Duquesne, but I, I just. But at least they've gotten their feet wet this season. We 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 shall see. LSU uh, under a, a new think... coach with a fake accent. Like I don't know, man. <laughs> Our coach that had cornrows when he played uh, at, at Central <laughs> Arkansas for Florida State, Mike Norvell. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he looked like uh, he looked like Ali G. The Ali G show. <laughs> There's a deep dive right there. Um, I, I just I I think. LSU is just deeper up front. I mean, this is one of those LSU's line of scrimmage battles that yeah. I think Florida State doesn't match up quite and well the, enough. And that and that that's going to be the difference, I would imagine. LSU's defensive tackles are insane. They're they're ridiculous, dude. They're, like like Florida State, Florida State's offensive line is going to have a tough tough day. Josh and Jordan Travis is going to have a rough day. 
And I'm taking the under too. Yeah. It's going to be sloppy. Lots of Fair problems. enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, again, I'm, I'm, you know, my picks for week zero were awful. So who knows what I know? Uh, I'm still figuring it out myself too. But uh, I'm a big believer in getting your kinks out of the way. Florida State had that opportunity in a week That's zero game. I like them. Um, and so I think all those week, first week missed tackles and stupidity and not realizing the play clock's down and just in-game situations, Florida State's already had that. They've already gotten that out of the way. Yes, it was a cupcake opponent with Duquesne, but they did it. They've already had that first game jitter. LSU hasn't. And, you know, Matt, you, you mentioned the the brand spanking new offensive lineman. That's always scary. LSU's got a whole lot of new faces starting with, like you said, Brian Kelly. Uh, I'm going to take the Knolls. I, I actually think the Knolls can win this outright. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that is a great place to uh, finish it up here, boys. <laughs> Week one is here. Football is really, really back. We are really, really back in the swing of things in season eight. Gents, happy football. Happy foosball. Way, 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 way. We we, we buried the lead. No. Yeah. We talked if, about Arkansas. We don't. No, Arkansas is no longer bearing the lead. They, we, they we just previewed the UTSA game. I know, he's but there's about, another he's about pot- the purple pirates. No, no, no. There's another potential one. Oh no! Where they looked oh, no. freaking phenomenal. Week zero, Vanderbilt. Howard, how about how about those North Texas Mean Green team? Oh, the Mean Green did look really hey, good. I, I, I was all over. Now, that. I was all over that one. You were, you were. Now get get what the Mean Green get to do. They're back at home. They're hosting a team that didn't play last week. So again, one of those week zero versus. No week zero teams. SMU, who mm. has all sorts of new faces on the sideline as coaches, on the sideline as players. Great opportunity for the Mean Green to start 2 0, but also because it's spread formations. SMU's favored in this game by double digits. Ooh, I love I feel like there's some value here with North Texas. So we have a, a, a potential sleeper bearing the lead team, but. Yeah, we're we're looking at UTSA. We're looking at the Purple Pirates. We're looking at North Texas for some bearing the lead action. I I Ooh. have I have one team. I don't know if I can. Nom- I don't know if they're potentially more. It's more so. I just want to talk about Brennan Armstrong as much as I possibly can. It's Virginia. <laughs> like I just I think Brennan Armstrong is just one of the most fun players to watch in the country. So they they might be my uh, bearing the lead team at some point. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. They're on the short list. I also, I, I also had a question for you guys. Um, are we going to regret not talking about Army Coastal Carolina in the previews? Because that's a pretty juicy uh, group of five. Well, hit it, slash Josh. Independent. Hit it, Josh. What are you I, I mean, for? you got you got the nasty triple option of Army, which has been so successful the last few years as Army's Josh, been going bowling. Let's go. They've been they've been winning the Army Navy game, and then obviously Coastal Carolina. We all love, you know, we love them in the preview show. Grayson McCall, the Chanticleers on the teal turf, should be a fun one. I'm going to be glued to that game. All right. Well, I will be watching Wisconsin Illinois State at some point. I will be watching Vanderbilt Elon at some point. Uh, I'll definitely be watching Georgia Oregon. Uh, I'll definitely be watching a lot of this. Um, and got my got my Hawkeyes and the Jackrabbits. South Dakota State and be scared. South Dakota State is always <laughs> tricky. The, the old the old uh, ESPN uh, what is it BPI or whatever FPI got the yeah. Jackrabbits with a with a nine percent chance of winning. So that's, that that's not nothing. It's one in eleven. Whenever you're going into battle with uh, with Brian Ferris, this one in a million. <laughs> All right, gents. Well, I think that's what's going to wrap it us for us here today on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So, on behalf 
of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid vlogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois. This is the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins, in the Music City, saying so long, and see you next time on the Legal Motion College Football Podcast. Chicago's Big Ten team, mm-hmm. Northwestern. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.